We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. Dear viewers, we have just received word that Libertarian Death Squad is taking over. We have come to take our country back. He also civil war could be on the way back. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Over of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so spectacularly um, and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its not to travel abroad. It struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Joe Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you an now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island today declared that the coronavirus is Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I am your host, James Madison, and it is Friday. How about that? Jesus, this month's already flying by. Can you believe it's November 11th already? Sheesh. The election is coming up on a week ago. Weird. Weird feeling. Well, no. It's only... That's a couple days ago. I don't know. This year's... It's weird. The Biden years seem to be in a, a weird rush to get over in the slowest, quickest way imaginable. And I, I don't know, can you believe that we're going into the third year of Joe Biden's four-year presidency right now? Less than 60 days from now, we're going to be in an entirely new year. It'll be 2023. I've barely processed it being not 2021. I'm just saying, like, like these years are rushing by. But that being said, I want to start your morning off fresh. That's a little bit of a stale news, but I know as many people didn't talk about it. Slipped under my radar somehow. But a globalist died. Don't you love it when global homos go? Uh, global, globo homos go. Bit of a tongue twister there. And a shout out to, I think it was Gavin McGinnis who came up with globo homo. Love that shit. Now... We got two articles to read here, one from accredited Sun News. And we'll be going straight to InfoWars for the follow up article on this episode. Come back here. It's hard for the uploads yesterday. Uh, I'll be real with you. I worked a long shift. I fell asleep, woke up, didn't get the recordings I wanted to do done. Again, this isn't a, a full time thing for me. I wish it was, but right now, you know, I'm doing this, a uh, couple jobs. 
I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of juggling right now. So I'm really sorry I didn't get the upload. And I told people to come back at 1 for a new upload. And there wasn't one. And I'm really sorry. That episode will be up today. I promise. All about Mark Zuckerberg laying off employees. And then I'm going to try and get the one up about Trump versus DeSantis. The mainstream media beef. <clears throat> Breaking. Or banking titan. Sir Evelyn. That's an interesting name for a, a, a gent. Evelyn D. Rothschild died dead at 91. British financier who was knighted by the Queen passes away. And may they be reunited in a fiery afterlife. Holly Cristolato, British financier, Sir Evelyn D. Rothschild, has died at age 91. His family announced today, Sir Evelyn was son of the of Anthony D. Rothschild and Yvonne Cahan D. Avrez of the uh, Brishkoshvin banking family. Hmm. Kind of looks like a weird combination of David Larry and uh, Chevy Chase. Hmm. Moving on. Sir Evelyn D. Rothschild passes away. His family confirmed he died, quote, peacefully at home in a statement. The financier was born in London in 1931 to a famous banking family. You've repeated yourself a couple times, son. He attended Harrow. Is it Harrow or Harrow? School and the University of Cambridge before dedicating his life to his family's bank after his father retired in 1961. Sir Evelyn was chief executive and chairman of the bank N.M. Rothschild and Sons LTD between 1976 and 2003. Yeah, when he passed, a lot of people were like, yeah, the power. I'm like, he hasn't had the power in a while. He's just had a lot of the money. He was also chairman of the economist, uh, economist from 1971 to 1989. Under his watch, his family family's bank's total assets grew from forty million was that euro to four point six billion euro. Sir Evelyn was knighted by the Queen for services to the banking and finance to banking and finance in nineteen eighty nine. Yo, uh, just question: When is Murray Rothbard getting a Medal of Honor? Then, because I'm sorry, he perfected. He perfected the art of Austrian economics. He took what Mises. Um, oh, why am I blinking so much on his name? It's uh, Milton, and these other great uh, economists. Sorry. <clears throat> I was sick for a while. I'm getting this phlegm. A little bit of phlegm just uh, <clears throat> came up at a weird time. Moving on. As he got older, he began dedicating his life to philanthropy in the same way Bill Gates does, chairing the Ernada Rothschild Foundation. What are, why do these globalists give themselves these stupid names? I'm sure there's some cultural significance to their uh, suspiciously World War II era German roots. <clears throat> As he got older, dedicated his life to philanthropy, sharing the Rothschild Foundation, which has donated more than 73 million 
to medical research, education, and the arts. Sir Evelyn also founded conversation, uh, con- conservation charity Elephant Family with the Duchess of Cornwall's later brother, Mark Shad. He is survived by his wife, Lynn, and three children, Jessica, Anthony, and David. On a real note here, I will extend a little human, human touch to this family and say I, I'm sorry to a lot of the grandkids for the loss of your grandparent. That's something that just kind of sucks to deal with, no matter who your grandparent is. <clears throat> David, as well as two stepsons, Benjamin Forrester, Stein and John Forrester Stein. Look at this mad look at this madman looking right here. Scroll down here. He went from Madmen to Mardigan the DeLorean real quick. These are the same people. Looks like looks like Hunter Biden if he found Christ and cleaned up. Well, that's the end of this article. Now, as I said, folks. We are going to hop on over to the one, the only, InfoWars, with a far-right, low-factuality bias according to Ground News. But you know what? We're here to tab-dance on the grave of a dead globalist. Go fuck yourself if you have a problem with that. Welcome to Inside Four Walls. Top globalist banker Evelyn D. Rothschild dies at 91. Da-da-da-da-da. I'm going to try and do this in, uh, in my finest of NPR voices as we read this <laughs> InfoWars article here. <clears throat> you know, I used to work for these mainstream media outlets back in the day. I should be able to do this. <clears throat> Top globalist banker Evelyn D. Rothschild dies at 91 by Jamie White, November 8th, 2022. London head of the Rothschild banking dynasty died peacefully at home, according to wife Lynn Forster D. Rothschild. The notorious Rothschild family has shaped major world events since the 1800s. Evelyn D. Rothschild. Oh, it's good to know this man. You can tell you you know you can trust him because he's he's had all these Clinton awards. That's a sign of a trustworthy individual if they're uh, close to Hillary Clinton and make it to the 90s. The top globalist banker died peacefully at home, according to his wife, Lynn Forrester D. Rothschild. Quote, It is with great sorrow that Lady D. Rothschild announces the death of her beloved husband, Sir Evelyn D. Rothschild, after a short illness. Short but effective illness. The family said in a statement, quote, Sir Evelyn passed away peacefully yesterday evening at his home in London with his loved ones. By his side, the family appreciates thoughts and prayers at this very sad time. F in the chats. F in the chats. Rothschild was a friend of the former Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. The, uh, the copper lady <laughs> and was knighted by late queen elizabeth another dead globalist late queen elizabeth ii in 1989 
for his role in finance and banking in the UK. From Bloomberg Starting in 1976, Rothschild served 27 years as chairman of N.M. Rothschild & Sons London, branch of the financial dynasty, started by his great-great-great-grandfather in the late 18th century. Among its many other roles, the banks known today as Rothschild & Co. helped finance the Duke of Wellington's victory over Napoleon in 1815 at the Battle of Waterloo, before stepping down in 2003. He achieved a long-planned goal of bringing together the London businesses with its French counterpart, Rothschild and Champagne Banquet? Huh. That was seen as a key step in retaining a competitive retaining competitive with much younger but also bigger multinational banks. His family's history as a banking banking dynasty goes back to the 1800s. You fucking established that a few times, buddy. Well, I've had a slight gay deflection in a British accent. I could sound like Sassy OP. Shout out if anybody here remembers Sassy OP from YouTube different time period the, Roth, the Rothschild firm was founded by Mayor Ashmel who started out buying and selling old coins in Frankfurt in a Frankfurt ghetto he took the family surname from the red shield root shield in German that was displayed above an ancestor's house in fifteen in the fifteen sixties, in early in the early eighteen hundreds, he sent his five sons to establish bases of Rothschild in London, Paris, Nepal, Vienna, and Frankfurt. London-based N. M. Rothschild carries the name of Nathan Mayer Rothschild, Evelyn's great great grandfather. He is served by his he is survived by his wife and three children, lawyer Jessica, businessman Anthony, and environmentalist David, translation unemployed David. <laughs> Gluing himself to the walls of art museums, David. As well as two stepsons, Benjamin Forrester Stein and John Forrester Stein. Yeah, they don't like it's Stein now. After the whole Jeffrey thing, they don't go by Steen of any kind these days. Just ask uh, ask Brett Weinstein and his brother. So now Stein. The extent of Sir Rothschild's power can be summed up in in this famous 2015 photo of the banker boss poking then Prince Charles in the chest. Yeah, let's see. I own you, bitch. Right there. He was also friendly with the Clintons family and former White House National Security Advisor Henry Kissinger. Now, something you should know about Henry Kissinger: Henry Kissinger is actually like the the teacher, like the guy Klaus Schwab protégéed uh, under for many years. She was never a dime. People will tell you otherwise. She she never looked good. 
<laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what is this fucking... What is this fucking green tinfoil turtleneck this bitch looks like? <laughs> this bitch looks like one of them fucking green Christmas party poppers you hand out. <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, um... Yo, this looks like what happens if you turn the fucking matrix inverted. Holy shit. Sorry, that's completely off kilter. Just green turtleneck was not in the cards for me today. Uh, this is going to be a long thing, isn't it? Uh, it doesn't seem important. This group of elite calling themselves the Guardians. Wait, did I miss something? Nope. In 2020, the Rothschild family formed a coalition with the Vatican, the United Nations, megacorporations, and the Rockefeller Foundation and called the Council for Sustainable Capitalism. Sustainable Capitalism? It sounds like socialism with a slightly friendly coating on it. This group of elite, calling themselves the Guardians, the Guardians want to enact a historic collaboration of CEOs and global leaders working with the moral guidance of Pope Francis to harness the power of business for good. Yeah, uh, the Vatican's a false god. They really are. You know what the Pope and the Queen had in common? Two old fucks in stupid hats. No, for real. The Vatican is a false god. It's a golden idol, a golden cow, if you will. And Satan has long since owned and operated the Vatican in and out. That thing is a is nothing compared to Washington, D.C. You know what the Vatican really is? The Vatican is the last vestige of the Roman Empire. Some zombified remnant of this decayed corpse flailing around. Infecting anything it fucking grabs. That's all it is. It's disgusting. And the fact that Catholics worship and look up to the Pope in such a way is fucking goofy. Uh, full context here. I don't mean to attack you if you're Catholic or anything. I'm, I'm Lutheran. It's nothing personal. Because I'm not that Irish. I'm, I'm a German Lutheran. I'll just come and nail some shit to your front door. We'll, we'll call it squared from there. And if you're Catholic, uh, don't you have sins to go be pain to have forgiven? Because God needs money for some reason? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Quote, We are answering Pope Francis's challenge to create more inclusive economies that spread the benefit of capitalism more equitably. Oh, God, yeah, it's just socialism. Well, to be fair, the term capitalism was a, was a, a derogatory phrase f used by early versions of what would become the communist revolution in Russia. But the people that supported capitalism did the thing that like the LGBTQ people did, where they made queer a good thing, not an insult. <laughs> so capitalism kind of uh, a good reference for this one is Hotep Jesus. He has a whole video about the evolution of capitalism. Well, it's not about that, but it, it, it the video basically is about the evolution of capitalism. He talks about the evolution of uh, the phrases we use to sum up these political ideologies. It's very good. Uh, Hotep Jesus is just a great channel. 
uh, Uncle Hotep, Hotep Nation, all that stuff. I highly recommend it. Quote, we are answering Pope Francis's challenge to create a more inclusive, or I read that part, and allow individuals to realize their full potential. Banking, Harris, Lynn Forster D. Rothschild says in the video above. Oh, is that what we're looking for? Let's see. She's supposed to be in here, right? Towards the end? Oh, right there. Capitalism truly inclusive. We invite all businesses, large and small, and individuals to join us as stewards for inclusive capitalism by going to our website, agreeing the principles, and making your own commitments to inclusive capitalism. Please join us. No. No. Yeah, I don't care to hear what Lucifer here has to say. Lucifer. Lucifer's little side bitch. Lucifer's little other little hussy right here. I'm good. But hey, it's nice to see there's no little kid glue to his waistline right here. Progress there, papist. Progress, I guess. This group of elite. <laughs> I really. I'm sorry. I have such a deep, deep disdain. It's not Catholics. I just have a deep disdain for everything the fucking Vatican is. I deeply hate it. Uh, there's a lot. My family is uh, very. <laughs> my family's fucked. I'll tell you like that. There's a a very Jewish chunk of my family. Uh, I myself happen to have a little bit of that blood in me. I'm happy uh, ancestors weren't gender reversed, so I can probably just say, ah, no, not by race or religion. Uh, I wouldn't want to be anything besides Lutheran. Or Protestant of some variation. I couldn't do the, the 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 Catholic thing where it's like, oh yeah, you know, you worship anything besides God, you go to hell. Oh, I love the Pope. Ooh. It's just like, come on, bro. Come on. You're simping. But you're not even simping for like a cute ethot with a keyboard and fucking rainbow pad and cat headphones. You're simping for an old pedophile. What the fuck? What the, you're like those people who think Biden's doing a great job. You're just simping for the worst possible fucking thought. <laughs> God, uh, uh, no offense. Again, I don't have a problem specifically with Catholics. It's the Vatican. It's the way the Vatican has installed itself artificially into religion. I hate it. It's disgusting. And what's really funny is the Catholics will decry, like, like they will decry the Crusades. All, like, Christian, I'm not really going to focus too much on the Christian side of it, but specifically the Crusades funded and fueled by the fucking Vatican. And these same people who are apologists for their fucking, for their religion, will also turn around and still bow before the blood-soaked white linens of the Vatican. While being like, I can't believe back in the day we were killing people for not thinking like we did. Which is a really, really reductionist version of what the, what the Crusades were about. Any of them. There's a lot more nuance and complications to it. There's land disputes, money disputes. The Crusades are a lot more than just, you don't pray like us. But the, the superficial condensed version of it is, you don't pray like us. So, for simplicity's sake, that's my argument. I just, I don't get it. My fa Like I said... Very Catholic. I have a lot of Catholics in my family. A lot of 
a, I was raised directly in a Lutheran household, but on one side, like I said, one side's like Lutheran and Baptist, the other side's Catholic and Jewish. You can imagine the political warfare in my family and how I got to be the way that I am. So, I don't know how, how did I get here? How did I get here? I got, there was something, this tied into something a lot bigger, and I don't remember what it is. All I know is I started to shit on Catholics. I mean, the Vatican. <sighs> Though I will say, one thing I do like about Catholics uh, as a people, a lot of Catholics have not lost their way, religiously speaking. By that I mean, in an ironic sense, despite my, my woes with the Catholic Church, they're really traditionalists in many ways. Uh, the Lutheran Church is losing its way. Uh, I, For example, my family church, uh, they took down the American flag and replaced it with the fucking gay Zimbabwe. I'm not joking. Inside the building. There was a big American flag behind a glass panel. They've replaced it with a, a gay Zimbabwe flag. That's the gay pride flag with like the, the triangle in the corner of it. And outside they have the pride rainbow and the trans flag. Now, this church is dying. It's running out of people. People are not attending. It gets next to no services. And they have some millennial with a tracer from F Overwatch haircut running the running the scene, and she's just terrible. And that's a lot of Catholic church or a lot of Lutheran churches. However, Catholic churches seem to have flirted with the idea of it, but a lot of these Catholic churches locked it down and said no. And meanwhile, most of these Protestant churches are going progressive Christian. And there is nothing that deserves more mockery. If I, there's anything I dislike more than the Catholic Church itself, it's progressive Christianity. Progressive Christianity is single-handedly one of the things murdering this country, and I would not be surprised if it was an invention of the Chinese Communist Party, the same way a lot of things are. <clears throat> you know, the thing that locked the country down for two years was also made there. TikTok algorithms. So there's a lot of manipulation from the CCP. I wouldn't be surprised if progressive Christianity was some bastardized take from the Chinese party. Because if you look at the Chinese parties, this is so off the mark, but if you look at the Chinese party's version of the Bible, Jesus is like fucking badass. Like he uses guns and shit. Like, you ever seen that picture of like a very buff Jesus and it's ta captioned Korean Jesus? No, that's Chinese Jesus. No, Chinese Jesus is a buff dude who's a gun-toting communist who kills capitalists. I'm not fucking with you. An Epoch Times subscription sounds boring on the surface. It's worth the investment. Moving on. In reality, the Guardians are the usual... Whoa. Megalomaniacal gang of globalists determined to implement radical far left policies worldwide, like the Great Reset and, or the Great. Oh, yeah, it's because the Vatican's in here. That's why I was shitting on, on Catholics. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh. Yeah, Jack Basobic, defend the Vatican now. I think he defends the institution but hates the Pope, if I remember correctly. I don't want to mischaracterize anyone's specific feelings. I know a lot of Catholics who do not like the Pope. 
Um, it's sort of like libertarians who are like, oh, it can be saved. The politicians are terrible, but the system's great. It's like, um, you're partway to the full conclusion of this picture, but it must be hard to get the big picture with such a small screen. Determined to implement radical far-left policies worldwide, like the Great Reset, the UN's Agenda 2030, and Sustainable Development Goals, and Identity Politic, Identity Politic Initiatives. Let's see. And that is the end of the article here. So what's this clip? Oh. Easily one of the wealthiest. Oh. Is this a... Uh... 10 minutes. Can I just watch a whole documentary real quick? Families in history, but also the single largest source of conspiracy theories. The vast and shrouded wealth of the Rothschilds has endured for generations and has unsurprisingly made it hard to tell what is fact and what is fiction. In this video, we're going back to the earliest days of this famous Jewish family to see how they managed to build one of the greatest fortunes in history at a time of rampant anti-Semitism. Mm. This video is brought to you by Skillshare, with mm. my partner to make shield someone else, brother. I've seen the contract for this. We are. By the 10th century, most of Europe was under the domain of Christianity. Political power was invariably tied to religion, which made being a non-Christian very unfavorable. Perhaps the biggest victims of these circumstances were the Jews. Having no home state of their own to fall back to, the Jews were scattered throughout Europe and many of them settled in the Holy Roman Empire. This vast multi-ethnic state contained modern in Germany, and like the rest of Europe, it too wasn't happy to harbor the Jews. In many cities, the Jews were forced to live in particular neighborhoods, in what we now call ghettos, and the city of Frankfurt was no exception. From 1462 onwards, it confined all the Jews in the city to a single narrow street outside the city walls. That street came to be known as the Judengasse, or the Jewish Alley, and it was made up of numerous tightly packed houses. Back then, the buildings weren't distinguished by numbers, but by signs. One building could be the house of the ship, for example, while another could be the house of the golden stone. The sign on one of those houses was a red shield, or Rath Schild in German, and the family living in the house had gone by the same name since at least 1528. Like most Jewish families at the time, the Rothschilds were involved in finance. You see, in medieval Europe, Christianity... <laughs> it was really funny. If you use the wojek of like the you know the 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 mockery of of like the Jewish person, you you have like the wojek where it's like the, the the Jewish character, like the clutched hands and the big nose, homies. They literally depict themselves this way. That's funny. That's funny as hell. Why do you give himself Asian eyes though? Is that to insinuate he's extra good with money? Finance. You see, in medieval Europe, Christianity forbade anyone from lending money with interest, leaving this otherwise profitable business into the hands of the Jews. Experience with money lending and by extension anything related to finance was passed down generations. The Rothschilds were no exception. They specialized in exchanging currencies and trading. I was joking. And the best one of them all was Meyer Rothschild. He took up the fact. I make the joke about money like five seconds later. He goes, and they're talent with money. <laughs> business in 1763, and his extensive collection of coins attracted the wealthiest aristocrats of the Holy Roman Empire. Among them was Crown Prince Wilhelm of Hesse. The, the prince met Meyer in 1769, and quickly learned to trust him with all matters relating not just to collectible coins, but anything financial. When Wilhelm came into power as Wilhelm IX of Hesse in 1785, he hired Meyer to manage his and finances as his later. or court Jew. 
Can I apply for the job? Well, what, what job do you want in the courtroom? Do you want to be a bailiff? No. I'd like to be the court Jew, please. Outsource their finances to Jews in exchange for protection, money, and sometimes even actual noble titles. Meyer oversaw the taxes collected in Wilhelm's lands and had to keep his money safe. You think there's ever uh, a Jewish executioner? And they were like, what's your qualification? He goes, well, you see the way I wring my hands? I can wring necks the same way. A task that became very difficult in 1806. That is the year when Napoleon invaded Hesse, driving Wilhelm into exile and putting his fortune at risk. But Meyer was smart, and he was ready for Napoleon. In 17... Yeah, with a forehead that fucking size? At risk. But Meyer was smart. Yeah, with a forehead that big? He better be fucking smart. Otherwise, that's just a lot of open space going to waste. And he was ready for Napoleon. In 1798, he had sent one of his five sons, Nathan Rothschild, to London to start a currency business similar to his father's. With this foundation in place, Meyer had no trouble moving Wilhelm's fortune to London, where he then loaned it out to the British crown. In essence, Wilhelm was funding the British to fight Napoleon in order to restore his power. Now, Meyer died in 1812, Wait. leaving British to You fuckers! Where he then loaned it out to the British crown. Alright. King George. Bro. Literally worked to undermine this country since the very beginning. How about that shit, huh? Huh? How about that? The Rothschilds have always worked to undermine our entire country. Knew it. In essence, Wilhelm was funding the British to fight Napoleon in order to restore his power. Now, Meyer died in 1812, leaving Wilhelm's fortune and the Rothschild legacy. Here lies some squiggly texts. In the hands of Nathan. He remained in London, while his eldest brother took over the original Frankfurt business. Meanwhile, the three remaining brothers scattered throughout Europe, establishing branches in important European capitals. Despite the distance, the brothers applied a unified strategy. They would loan out their money to the aristocracy and to local governments. The brother in France, for example, was the banker of Leopold I of Belgium while the one in Vienna would lend money to the last Holy Roman Emperor, Francis II. In 1818, he would grant all five brothers the noble title of Baron, finally elevating the Rothschilds to nobility. Throughout the next decades, whenever a European government collapsed and was replaced, it was the Rothschilds who were first in line to provide loans. That's exactly what happened after the French Revolution of 1830, or after the fall of the Holy Roman Empire. The loaning business was immensely successful. The Paris branch, for example, grew from the equivalent of $5 million in 1820 to over half a billion dollars in 1850. In essence, the five Rothschild banking families back then provided the same service that the International Monetary Fund provides today. They stabilized major currencies and provided loans to governments, doing both at a great profit. Of course, throughout the 19th century, the five branches also made many private investments beyond their government loans. In 1868, they purchased one of the most valuable wine estates in France. In 1875, they acquired a minority stake in the Suez Canal from Egypt, while in 1883, they funded the development of the first major oil well in the Old World, challenging the Rockefeller monopoly in America. They also became majority shareholders in the diamond monopoly of the Beers, and in Rio Tinto, one of the world's largest mining companies. But during the 20th century, the newer generations of the five Rothschild families made fewer and fewer successful moves. In 1900, the branch in Naples actually became extinct, when the last male heir died without children leaving his fortune to the branch in Paris. Keck. A somewhat amusing fate befell the branch in Germany. There, the two Rothschild heirs had 11 girls and not a single boy, Keck. splitting up the fortune and disintegrating its power. Well, I mean, to be fair, at bare minimum, you may not have had a son to pass a business on to, but you did pass, you know, being born not 
religiously Jewish necessarily. Like I'm sure you know they want to become Jewish, but you pass on the birthright that comes with being Jewish, which is in itself, as far as Jewish people go, a huge honor. So I I, I don't know. I find it kind of funny. I feel like the uh, episode's a little bit dismissive. It's funny that I of all people, I'm like, hold on. There's a level of respect you should grant to that. They had a lot of daughters, which means they had a lot of daughters who went on to have Jewish kids and Jewish sons, which in the Jewish faith is a very huge deal. Weird that I gave credit there, but, you know, whatever. The Rothschild branch in Austria was doing well until Hitler came to power. <laughs> When Nazi Germany annexed Austria in 1938, the Rothschilds had to sell their banking operation for a fraction of its true worth. Most of them escaped with whatever liquid assets they had, but at least one was captured on his way out. And in fact, he was only released after paying the largest ransom in history of the time, $21 million. The ransom effectively bankrupted the Austrian Rothschilds. While the Nazis so Nazi Germany used money they got, they used hostage funds from a Jew to build the Nazi regime. There's a level of irony to that. ...eased all their mansions, businesses, and art. A few years later, exactly the same thing happened to the Ooh, British. the Red Room. In fact, the collections they had were so exquisite that Hitler and Hermann Göring personally went there to observe them and to pick out what they liked. Through the detailed inventories compiled by the Nazis, we know that they seized a total of 5,003 objects from the Rothschild collections. Side note, you should really watch this great movie called The Monuments Men. Like, all jokes aside, these dudes are absolute pieces of shit. Don't don't take my jokes too seriously here. But, uh, on a real note, the, uh, um, the great movie Monuments Men, all about the dudes who actually recovered all these works of art. It's got, like, John Goodman, Aykroyd, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a fairly new, I think it's, like, 2015, so it's not like it's an 80s film. Um, it's got the Belushi, I think it's got Belushi in it, John? I, I can't remember the cast of it offhand, but it's a really good movie. And the vast majority of them were never returned. Vaughn's in it. The French Rothschilds had some luck in restoring their businesses after the war, but then the French socialists nationalized their bank in 1981. In the God damn commies. English branch survived the 20th century with its fortune intact. Its patriarch during the second half of the 20th century was Sir Evelyn Rothschild, who even today is the financial advisor to Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Two wases in one room. The queen identifies as was. Evelyn identifies as were. He retired from leadership in 2003, passing the mantle of patriarch to David Rothschild, a member of the branch in Paris who then merged both branches into a single entity. He ensured the secrecy of the family's fortune by establishing a complex network of shell companies, starting off in Switzerland but ending God knows where. But at the end of the day, while the 19th century banking family might have been one of the richest of its day, Today, the Rothschilds are a shadow of their former glory. In fact, Thankfully. if you open up the Forbes list of billionaires, the first Rothschild appears at number 822. That's Jeff Rothschild, a man who actually has nothing to do with the Rothschild banking family. <laughs> he has no connection. He just happens to share the name, in the same way that two men bearing the family name Goldman might not be related. The first actual Rothschild appearing on this list is only at number 1,284, and his wealth is tied to an asset management company that manages other people's money. So in the end, it turns out that the once powerful Rothschild family is really nothing more but a blip on the radar of global wealth. And it honestly makes sense. Statistically, 90% of wealthy families lose their fortunes by the third generation. Mm. It's just hard to be financially responsible when you're born into wealth. And yeah, and the, I'm sure they're going to explain this. I don't need to, but the, uh, the, the, um, the, the, the process behind the three-generational wealth theory is the first generation makes the wealth, right? 
generates the wealth, makes it. Then their kids see the first generation. So the second generation sees the first generation maintaining and growing the wealth. So they learn how to do it from the people who built it. But the people who built it pass away. The second generation has the third generation. The third generation is learning from somebody who learned everything secondhand from the person who did it themselves. So the information is diluted by the time it gets to the third generation. And it leads to a, a more decay from there. Uh, it doesn't necessarily apply to all families' wealth. Usually, it's, you know, you, like family dynasties will escape. There'll be like cousins and things like that, that that maintain their wealth for a couple generations longer occasionally, so on and so forth. That's the three-generational wealth theory. Have no respect for money. Why bother learning how to invest and grow your wealth when you can just spend whatever grandpa left you? Mm. Well, if you want to escape this vicious cycle, or at least kick the can down the road for another generation, you'll be happy to learn that I made a series of educational videos on Skillshare about how the stock market works. Yep, cool. Appreciate you. Moving on. And then, uh, what's this? Let's talk real quickly in the time. Oh, is this? Oh, it's just an entire thing got you. All right. Cool. Well, that's sort of it here. You know, that's the uh, end of, you know, another one of these big globalist wealthy guys passes away. I find it kind of funny that, yes, the Rothschilds are a shadow of themselves, absolutely. But like I said, cousins escape it. There's a lot of very powerful Rothschilds out there. Sure, the family as a whole may not be. But, you know, there's still a lot of very dangerous, powerful players in it. But that being said, I'll wrap this episode up here. This has been the 9 o'clock upload for Inside Four Walls. Come back at 1 o'clock for an episode all about Mark Zuckerberg laying off a ton of employees and the overall slow decay of Silicon Valley. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your host, James Madison. Please like, share, and subscribe. Share with your friends, leave a comment, tell me what you thought. If you find any stories you think slipped through my radar, please leave them in the description below. You can also reach out to me on various social media platforms, also linked in the description below, as well as all the articles and sources used in this episode, as well as all other episodes I got up. I'll catch you guys later. Deuce.